Sorry, my friend. He's a bad cop. I'm a good cop. Okay. You can trust me. I won't be on the show. I'm gonna be on the show. I'm gonna be the star of the show. You started off as the bad cop, but now you're the good one. Hope this movie doesn't suck ass. It will. <laughs> now you're the good cop. Oh my god. The moral is you're a total bitch. How are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. It certainly does suck. Isn't there supposed to be a good cop? Hope you boys brought popcorn. Cause I'm about to put on a show. WD. G T B P T and M. Pull up a chair and you're LOL. If you don't, you can GTFO. <laughs> yeah, good one. If you're in. Really... <laughs> it's a very visual thing. <laughs> I um, spilled oil all over my clothes. I had to wash it with some warm water. They're very unfortunate places on my pants. <laughs> I um... uh, Looks like you had a bit of a mishap. Yeah. But let's be mature. Let's, let's, let's be above this. No, 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 no. TP. It's like a four-layered joke. Anyway, hello, oh. listen, listeners. Welcome back. Um, we have a big episode for you. We, we have a few game reviews. I wrap up Days Gone. M will be reviewing... Hatterful Boyfriend. I don't know what that is. Um, Look, me either, and I've played it. <laughs> We have a review of Stranger Things Season 3, which we binged on the weekend. And finally, we're going to do a review of um, Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm -hmm. Now, at the outset, we realized we can't really talk about this movie because of the setup of the movie has heavy spoilers for Endgame. So, we're going to do a spoiler cast review of Spider-Man and maybe a bit about Endgame. And we were going to do it last. We will warn you. So if you don't want Endgame or Spider-Man spoilers, we will tell you when to GTFO, mm-hmm. lest it be spoiled. And if you want some dense Spider-Man chat, stick around. We yep, will do yep. that last. Um, how are you, Em? What's happening? Yeah, I'm all right. I've uh, been dabbling in some games and some shows. Uh, keeping myself very busy. Very busy. Um, so I watched all of The Bold Type on Stan. I also watched season four, five, the, the most recent season of You, Me, Her, which has just come out on Netflix. Um, that's all very exciting. I was really keen for this one to come onto Netflix, so that was very good to catch up on that, uh, my favourite thruple. Um, that's about it for me, really. What's a thruple for those playing at home? Our thruple has a relationship with three people in it. And I assume this is difficult. Yes. And thus, that's the driver of the show. Indeed. Oh, right. I don't need to watch that. <laughs> it's a great show. Oh, I believe you. I don't think I'm the target demo. What? <laughs> I think I'm the target demo of half the shows you watch now. They're all girls in the big city. They're all publicists and columnists. And... Yeah, look, a lot of shows on Stan are getting a little same-samey. Like, yeah. I'm watching Younger and The Bold Type, and they're all people working in magazines and editing places, and yeah. Like, look, there's not much around at the moment. <laughs> we need these shows where, you know, they, they can't typecast all the, the female leads to be the same type of jobs. They're always doing the same thing. Well, it's because now they they like to make a lot of shows aimed towards millennials. A lot of these people have jobs in publishing, but they're all like social media creators and shit because um, they're all things that young people want to do, be on Facebook for money. So, um, 
Which, actually, tangent, mm. Instagram changed how they view likes now. You can't see how many likes are on someone's post. You can see the likes on your own post. Which I think is a great thing. It, and people are like, it's crushing the industry. And they're getting no sympathy. as <laughs> <laughs> like their influences and stuff. But there's like restaurants and businesses too. So I can see both sides. But, you know, there's some If you impossibly... can assess your <laughs> metadata about the account, then from a business angle, it's still fine. Um... But I honestly don't know enough about the, the back end of all of that stuff. And well, our can, Instagram can... is certainly not very active for me to... Uh, yeah, throw us a like. Be nice. Know. Come on. Yeah, please do. <laughs> like for like. We'll we'll post something. Um, do we even have an Instagram? Yeah, we do. Oh. Good pop out I, 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 I thought we were joking. No, no, we have one. I just don't use it very much because uh, I've got to control the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, editing, marketing, everything. And... You said before we have no likes, no interactions. Not on Instagram because I'm too busy with the other two. <laughs> so we're not doing that well? Look, we're doing all right. <laughs> we could be doing better. <laughs> if you like us, please interact with us on the social means. <laughs> uh, anyway, that aside, uh, what I did like, though, about the bold type, just quickly, I'm not going to get into a full review about this or anything. Um, What's the bold type about first? Ah, uh, well, you pretty much just <laughs> in the big city. She's a publicist or has an Instagram. I don't know. <laughs> Three twenty-five-year-old friends who all work at um, basically the equivalent of Cosmopolitan magazine. <laughs> but it's cool because a lot of episodes really focus on a lot of like modern issues in terms of you know like we're living in the era of post Me Too, and uh, they're addressing a lot of really interesting um, racial and sexual. St- discrimination stuff um so I, I do quite like how they do that throughout their episodes um so that's pretty cool i like that okay. but um but the a lot of the um curi- alexa nobody asked you alexa leave us alone <laughs> um the cameo from alexa <laughs> i mean a yeah stop <laughs> saying the name she'll hear everything um, the chemistry between the characters isn't very good though, which makes it a bit of a stale watch. But you know, it's an easy watch. That's why I watch these shows because I'm bored and have nothing else to do right now while I'm on holidays. Uh, what have you been doing? Um, I haven't been watching crap. <laughs> what have I been doing? Uh, I wrapped up Days Gone. I platinum, platinumed that. And I'll mention that briefly once we hit our game section. Uh, I've been knocking out a few movies lately. I'm still working through the Tarantino backlog. We're going to do a Tarantino special next month when the new one comes out. It will not go for three hours, unlike a Tarantino movie. <laughs> we will scrutinize the Tarantino style of movie making and... Mm-hmm. Oh, not scrutinize. I'm not qualified to do that. I'll just say the ones I like. Um, yeah, just watching a few movies, digging out the list, but had a little go at Gunpoint. Ooh. Yeah, don't have much to say about it yet, so I don't know why I brought it up. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> I will review it. that in good time. Um, a few news items jumped out at me this week. They've released a Switch Lite. Mm-hmm. So a 200 buck Switch. Yeah. And it's little. Yep. And it's basically just a glorified Game Boy or DS replacement. So the Joy-Cons don't detach, so it's a bit limiting for some of the games. Can you so... plug it into a TV? No. Oh. that's the. It's purely a handheld, which is great True. for some games, but... I was hoping this would bring the main unit cheaper because I want to buy a Switch, mm. but I'd have to buy an extra two Joy-Cons plus a proper controller because that's just how I do. And then you got to get the games. Mm. You know, mm. And mm. it's just... I mean, we're planning next year for the next wave of consoles to start coming out. Switch might do something similar. 
Probably not. But... I don't think so. I think if they're bringing out the light, then that's them kind of stalling, being like, no, no, we're sticking with Switch for a while. Yeah. Um, the other big news, which I posted on our Facebook FB mm-hmm. page, is um, so Taika Waititi, he was doing an Akira movie show. Akira or Akira? Akira. Ah, okay. The anime. And um, that got delayed, and as a result, Disney jumped on him, signed him up to do Thor 4. Yes, yes, yes. Or Thor. <laughs> it's not as elegant as... you are. It's not as elegant as Suicide Squad. But, um... True. And it's such a no-brainer. Like, Thor was just there, and then Ragnarok came out, and it was a game-changer, and it was so great. And who'd have thought Thor was the first to get four movies? Like, solo mm, movies. True. Um, everyone else it's... is on three, and, um... Might not... Probably not making more on some cases, and so, yeah. So that was yeah. I, I mean, love how no-brainer. immediately everyone was just like, "More Cog! <laughs> That's all we want." Ah, oh, could you imagine if he got a spin-off movie? I I don't think that will I'd happen. He's um. Can't so happen. this movie may just be Fat Thor playing Fortnite, and we'd pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> all good and we don't know what the story is because before that movie will be guardians 3 and we don't know if he's going to be kicking around for that one you mm. know for the as guardians of the galaxy joke whether he will be in with there but we'll see yeah, um, we'll find out. but yeah that's all i've been up to i'm i've got nothing new to talk about if you want to dive straight into some sections no i've got more news points news you didn't ask me what news i sorry i just said what you're up to i Efficiently, I have the news. In. I ain't up to news. All right, now I will address the news. Do you have any news? Yes, I do. Is it news I can use? Look, probably not, oh. but um, some interesting points, regardless. As you've probably seen all over the internet, um, because Disney has run out of ideas for like fresh films, who they're Disney, Disney, they're chatting, um, now doing a live action reboot of The Little Mermaid. Um, and (laughs) they have cast, um, Halle Bailey. I have to really check that name every time because I'm like, Halle Berry? Um, Halle Bailey, who I believe is a singer. I'm old, so I don't know who that is. What was funny, so I made the same error, like, Halle Berry. I'm like, that's weird for several reasons. And then like, oh, it's not Halle Berry. It was an error because that, you know, what a weird, what an unusual decision. Then I saw who they did pick and like, well, it was a lot of the same <laughs> things I thought was unusual from the, if it was Halle Berry. I don't think it's unusual. I think it's a, just a different choice. And I think that it's... I mean, just to no... point out what we're talking about, it's not a pale redhead who will be playing Ariel. Yeah. But have you ever seen a um, darker skinned lady with like bright red or pink hair like looks amazing yeah so i hope that they um they do still keep with the red hair i think that's gonna be a super hot look um but also i mean like you know the most talented person gets the part like get over it guys so if you haven't um... seen if you've been under a rock there's a lot of controversy because people are like what do you mean she's not some scottish mermaid as um it's madness as every issue ever this has been covered in an episode of Boston Legal 10 years ago. Sure. There was an episode. I don't know if it was called Black Annie, but it became famous as the Black Annie episode. So there's a see. little kid who was suing a production company because she thought she was the best. and um, But she wasn't picked because it was a little African-American girl. And they're like, oh, it's discrimination and stuff. And so the judge goes, I need to see them both to find out. So there's like all awesome. these people casting for Annie singing, you know, the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> and it was a funny episode. Um, 
Interesting. I am like, I, I don't care. And I'm very tepid on all the live action remakes. We'll talk about Lion King another episode, but early reviews are not mm. positive. Anyway, back to Ariel. I'm not talking <laughs> about Lion King today. <laughs> talking about Ariel. Um, now, so what's been, what has been interesting about this is the um, um, wave of what's come afterwards. It's now people are going, oh, well, if this is on the cards, how about this person? How about this person? And I really love seeing um, people pitch ideas for actors to play characters. I think it's always really interesting. Um, few good choices out there. My favorite, though, has got to be um, our, our good pal Terry Crews, who is doing his own campaign to be cast as uh, Ariel's dad, Triton. Mm. So I would really like to see that because I think he would be amazing. You know, he'd be staying there holding his little Triton, doing his little boob <laughs> thing. It's going to be amazing. So uh, vote one, Terry Crews for Triton for Little Mermaid. I don't think you can get a beard that big. Well, they might not have a beard. Maybe. Um, maybe, maybe he's, oh, I bet he's posted like that face app Duh. thing of him looking old to be like, yeah, see, I could totes pull this off. Um, anyways, also I've got to say about Little Mermaid for now, it's a bit of a news item. Um, now I do have a bit of a fact correction for something that I was really excited about and I'm now disappointed about, but now I've got two things to watch. So I said ages ago that, um, Seth Rogen and James Weaver were working on creating a show called... The Boys, and it was going to be on Amazon Prime, and it was about um, superheroes, um, but how they're actually jerks because they're very self-centered and can do what they want. So there's these kind of like bounty hunter people who put them in their place or something. I don't quite know the premise. Either way, based on the comic, looks really cool. I'm like, oh, you know, if Seth Rogen's involved, it's going to be really funny. Now, here's where the miscom happened. Now, The Boys um, is on Amazon Prime is by James Weaver, uh, but is also by Garth Ennis, who did Preacher, Derek Robertson, who's an illustrator on Trans Transmetropolitan comic, Eric Kripke, who did Supernatural, Neil H. Moritz, who um, did I Know What You Did Last Summer, I Am Legend, and your favorite, Fast and Furious, mm. um, Ari Mama, who did Green Hornet, Pavon Shetty, and... So um, what is this, like? Well, these are these people involved. What's the? Is this the superhero show or another show? Yes, this is the superhero one on Amazon Prime. Okay. Seth Rogen is not involved in that. Right. That show on Amazon Prime, with all those people I just said, is called The Boys. Seth Rogen, who is still working with James Weaver and Evan Goldberg. So James Weaver is on both projects, and this is how I got confused. Because they are doing that movie called Good Boys. So there's The Boys and Good Boys. With the same person on both, but not Seth Rogen. So The Boys is the one with the kids with the trailer that we saw where the kids couldn't watch the trailer for their own movie. Okay. Not to be confused with the Amazon Prime show, The Boys, also involving James Weaver. So fact correction for that, but now you've got two things to watch that look pretty good. But, none, but none of this stuff exists yet, right? Uh, no, The Boys came out um, on the 6th on Amazon Prime, so you can catch that show now. Okay. Are we yeah. going to catch our show? I'm confused. I would like to. Yeah, it's not rating particularly well, but uh, I don't really care about that. <laughs> it's, it should. Um, it looks interesting. Uh, so it's a bit of a different sort of take on superhero culture. Because so. that's what we need. <laughs> yes. Um, Does it, I feel this idea has been done 
before with that mm-hmm. show. It was called like Unpowered, or it had um, oh, Danny Pudi was in it yeah, and yeah. Uh, Alan Tudyk. And that it was, was also a good show. That's more of a comedy. This is more of like an actiony. It's a uh, it's a black comedy. This one, so it's a bit more no. gross. The other one was a bit more fam friendly. Okay, I, I guess. Um, yeah. So that's my my two news points that I got. Shall we dive into TV? Okay, so after the break, we're going to review Season 3 of Stranger Things. We are returning to Hawkins after the break. We should have um, put, a, put a grab in for that. I don't know that we can. Can't we just put like three seconds of the Luke Million one? Oh, maybe. Well, oh, mm, I don't know. We'll have to ask Luke Million. Good million, get in touch. He seems like a good spot. Good pop on his Did he one. ask Arnold Schwarzenegger for permission to do that other song? You know, down. Up. No, because he probably only took 10% of it, which is all you need in America. You can do 10%. Oh, the rules are weird. Mm-hmm. All right, welcome back to Hawkins, <laughs> Indiana. The Which um, I'm starting to think is like the source of like a hellmouth or something, because the shit goes down there. It does. Annually. <laughs> to, Almost. <laughs> and in... This season in particular, I talk about, nah, it's got to be here because stuff, whatever, wasn't working elsewhere. So mm. there is genuinely something crazy in Hawkins, Indiana. The f- it's a fictional town. Um, I legit did not know that. That it was fictional. Yeah. Well, Indiana's real. That's a place. I know Indiana's real. <laughs> is it, though? Hawkins is not. Ah, oh, well. Um, you know how I know that this is 80s? Because they're like, you know who's involved? The Russians! Yeah, well... <laughs> Right, I'm going to get into that quite deeply <laughs> on how they really hit 80s tropes, oh, especially hard this season. And how. But um, we are back. The Everyone's come back from summer break. Um, Mike and Eleven are hanging out now. And the dating. The dating. Uh, Dustin's back from camp. Camp nowhere. You can buy the shirt from... Uh... Levi's, I think, maybe. Yeah, and um, I don't know all the characters' names. I didn't write them down. But anyway, everyone's dating. It's all romance or oh, teen angsty. And well, Will isn't. Will isn't. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to Will. Oh, Will. So we're back with Millie Bob Brown and Finn Wolfhard, the greatest name on TV. <laughs> Every credits, I yelled it out <laughs> at the yeah. start of, you know, do-do-do-do-do-do. I'd be like, Finn Wolfhard. What a name. He plays bass in a band. Did you know that? Well, with a name like that, how could he not? Exactly. Like, <laughs> what choice uh, did he have? Mike, you're a rock star. <laughs> Taco the dog agrees. All right, our dog is snoring in the background. <laughs> I may have to throw something at her. Do ignore her. She'll All right, if, we'll, we'll get it in post. Um, <laughs> so, right. She back. was not impressed with season three. So this one can be split into sort of three disparate adventures that sort of mm. join together. So the first one, as you mentioned, was with um, Dusty and Steve, and they're worried about Russians. <laughs> <laughs> and they played this up really well. Like, there's secret Russians, everyone's got red panic, and um, mm. everyone's worried about Russian spies. Very reflective of the time. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And they run off on their adventure. It's all set in an ice cream shop with um, new character Robin? Robin, mm. who is Uma Thurman's daughter. Oh, right. Yes. She was a great new addition. Like, um, when they brought in the two new characters last season, I was like, eh, I'm not really sold on these guys, but Robin... 
She's uh, queen sass. I love her. She's great. Yeah, she was good. I feel they learnt a lot in season two. Mm. So season one was lightning in a bottle. And Mm. season two, they made a lot of mistakes. I didn't like season two very much. I did like season two, but it was slow to start. And season three, they sort of figured it out. They gave the new characters time to marinate. Mm. They fixed the characters they screwed over in two and gave them some exposition, some background and stuff. Um, a lot of this played into sort of the, the tween plot lines, you know, the girls going shopping and coming of age, very 80s standby. Don't get me started on how much I'm obsessed with that super 80s shopping montage. Yeah. It was, we'd been waiting for it because everything was so amped up and super 80s. We'd been talking every episode being like, there has to be a shopping montage. There has to be. And that there was. And it was everything I had dreamed of and more. So we're very set in the um, 80s, and there's a lot of 80s stuff going on. So the release of uh, Back to the Futures just happened, 85. Mm -hmm. Well, it's 1985, obviously. And they really went hard on the 80s soundtrack. Lots of big 80s stuff. They did. They've got the budget for that now. So they spent it all on uh, sweet, sweet royalties. Um, A lot of the stuff was set in a strip mall, the Star Mall. So Mm. sort of the rise of the shopping mall which i thought was very cool everyone's got their like summer jobs and um early on the story is very you know tween drama young teen drama new relationships and stuff and coming of age stuff and they did it very very well yeah yeah definitely um because they've all got romantic interests now and then there's all everyone you know that funny age where everyone sort of ages a bit differently will Mm. plays the late bloomer because he basically got snapped for a whole season and spent the whole second season in ptsd i was gonna say like the poor kid's got ptsd man like i think that's all right and he wants to stay in his little fantasy land that he can control i couldn't stop like you know putting on my therapy hat and being like okay will i see why you're being this way well yeah he's Technically, two years behind everyone else, and he's still got problems. And everyone's like, "Oh, I'm all. I want to, you know, make out with my girlfriend." He's like, "Let's finish D and (laughs) D. Finish the campaign." His cute little wizard outfit. Oh, bless. So he's going through some shit. Um, Right. So we mentioned we've got sort of three big plots. There's a Russian one. There's also a, a sort of a body snatchers vibe thing going on with some of the other characters. So they're investigating some people behaving unusually and there's all the yes. conspiracy and curse of the body snatchers things going on. And we actually get a lot of point of view from the sort of the bad guys and seeing yeah, what they're up to. So that that's works very well. Interesting. And the most baffling one, um, the adults, <laughs> Joyce and Hopper. So, magnets? <laughs> How do they work? <laughs> Don't ask Joyce. <laughs> Joyce didn't know, but she she found experts and she found out. So, she did a good job. Good critical thinking, Joyce. Joyce has been a weird character. So she spent two seasons being really, my children. And, you know, it was great. My magnets. (laughs) Yeah. And so she just got to fly by on, it's Winona Ryder. She's an, is it Winona Ryder? Wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's an excellent actor. And so she just got to go by on, my children are missing. It's so dramatic. Well. (laughs) Yeah. And then they didn't give her that emotional punch this time. So she's just like, magnets <laughs> it was so weird but my magnets <laughs> they gave her a bit of stuff dealing with uh, she because she's also because she's been the rock for two seasons but she's also got shit going on you of know, course poor um bob <laughs> in season two yeah. um spoilsies for season two 
Yeah, and so she's going through stuff. I think Hopper's a little interested in escalating the relationship. Who knows? And they go off on their little adventure too. And yeah, they all. What do you think on the little uh, the the three prong approach to an ensemble? I did. I really like that. I think it's. uh, Well, I think it's essential. I mean, you can't cover character coverage for this many people uh, in a cast without having separate adventures. Like you just, you physically can't. Mm. It doesn't work. Doesn't work, and it gets cluttered. So um, the three separate mini stories, I think, was a really great idea. It was um, good to see them all meet up eventually. Yeah, and that payoff worked well for me. They eventually mm. all meet up and the more stuff starts happening. We won't spoil what's going on. And once the action starts ratcheting up, they went really hard with the homages to big 80s movies. There was a real Terminator vibe yeah. to some of the baddies. There was some real diehard stuff. Um, mm. Oh, yeah. Mostly involving yeah. events. There's <laughs> uh, a lot of The Thing and, mm. and a lot of... um. Indiana Jones mm-hmm, too, mm-hmm. with what Hopper was doing, sort of fat Indiana Jones. <laughs> what they call him? Fat Rambo. <laughs> yeah, fat Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Oh, poor Hopper. So Hobo. they've worked. This is a lovingly crafted love letter to the 80s, and it transcended what they did in the first two seasons. And even went beyond the 80s. I thought the final kind of set pieces, were, were they were tense, and they were like Jurassic Park 1 tense. Mm. And with all the kids running and hiding and stuff. And I haven't yeah. seen anything that good since Jurassic Park. And it was just great. And I'm going to um, throw something out controversial. Mm-hmm. The Battle of Starcourt Mall was better than the battle in Game of Thrones this year. Yeah. <laughs> I was way the more invested. Starcourt Mall. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. no, it wasn't much battling. There was the running from monsters, but... I thought it was more tense and better than Game of Thrones. Uh, definitely. Well, <laughs> look, I really don't know how to compare these two <laughs> programs. Well, Game of Thrones, the whole time's like, you should be dead. <laughs> Why are you immune to everything? Anyway. I guess. And even more controversial, if you take away the novelty, the lightning in a bottle of season one, mm-hmm. I think season three was has been the best season. It was definitely a very big call to make. Like, one was great, but it was... Because it was new and great. Three, they've fine-tuned it. They've worked out what works. And it was just amazing. I loved every minute of it. Mm. The the references, though, were very good. There's also, like, gremlins kind of references. Um, there was a bit of a homage to some Oat Studios shorts, like Zygote. There was, um, like, this little sign there that says Oat Street, which was good to know. That was pointed out to me. Um, I don't actually know anything about it. But good to know, nevertheless. Um, yeah, they had it all, like the the Back to the Future thing. Um, yeah, it was very good. I, I'm very keen to watch it a second time because I did find it similar to season two and that it was a bit slow to start. I, like, slow's one thing, but it was slow for big things to happen. But these Netflix, you know, 10 episode, no, eight they episodes, slow. they meant to be slow and build up. Yeah. It's their formula. And in season two, it was like that. But in season two, there was everyone, there was nothing happening. None of the plot lines were particularly interesting. Whereas in three, everyone had stuff going on and it was like, oh God. Or like 
as the audience, you can see that between the three groups, they all had the pieces of the puzzle. And like, oh my god, if you you know mm. you get that radio to work, you can all talk and solve this. It'll be great. True, true. Yeah. Um, now the only thing that was disappointing, not even disappointing, because I mean, really, it's kind of a good thing, but just you know, emotionally confused me. Is I always thought, and from what I had read, that Stranger Things was going to be a trilogy, right? One, two, and three, and then it had some kind of like cliffhangery opening bits at the end. I'm like, hold up, what's going on here? And I had a look, and the creators have been saying for at least a year that it is going to be four. Yeah, we missed that. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I went through it the same, going, mm. this is the final installment of a trilogy stakes mm. are raised everything's dramatic a lot more stuff happens and you know stranger things is not shy about knocking off characters so it was all mm. very dramatic I was like, oh, and then like oh you know to be continued not really to be continued but very open stuff happening open. and i was very ah uh, i thought i'd emotionally ended it <laughs> right yeah, here I, I was very prepared so i was like oh like like i'm i'm excited <laughs> there's gonna be another season but i was just so ready for a perfectly well-rounded trilogy um so it's gonna be interesting to see how they um wrap this bad boy up for season four well, if they can make four they can make five like where's it no because they are saying to like this is a you know they've moved it to like an internationally scale sort of um now they're probably gonna be bringing it back in to finish it all up so and the kids are getting older i mean they'll all be 20 by the time they do a season five or something that old um, uh, alexa how old is millie bob brown millie bobby brown is 15 years old she was born on the 19th of february 2004 thank you alexa um so she'll be yeah <laughs> she'll be 16 when they film 17 when it comes out. I think then... that's fine. Yeah, okay, no, that's that's okay. not an issue. Um, um, yeah, but no, it's, it's cool seeing all the theories they're starting to float around because they they did leave you with just enough where you can be like, I can run with this and I can make a theory. And I have been having a good time sort of having a look at some potential uh, ways in which it could go and what happened to this character. Did they, did they not? Um, so, yeah. I'm um, keen. I hate that. And it's maybe because of the last decade You're of so Ga- boring. No, no, no. Because of the last decade of Game of Thrones talking about oh this I theory, guess. this theory, and I'm like oh, I don't care anymore. Just make the show, and I'll see. Like, I mean, <laughs> oh, that's fun to talk about. And I'm also very funny about Great this buzz because I thought season one was a masterpiece, and then I like, will make another one. I'm like, you shouldn't make another one. Like, just let this be. You were so anti season. I'm two. so anti season two, and I didn't like season two, so I was right. Anyway, going into like season three. Yeah, but going into three, this was the tiebreaker and it was good, so um but yeah, if you I don't know, if you were waiting to decide to see Stranger Things, it's a big thumbs up. Three, the best of the lot for me. And if you've never heard of Stranger Things, it's um a real weird show. <laughs> Where the hell have you been if you haven't I mean Jesus. <laughs> what what the heck um, are you doing? It broke records for being like the most watched show on Netflix and the shortest like the most binged show. Like everybody ever finished watching it within four days of it coming out. Yeah, three got like hammered. Everyone mm. watched that. Yeah, easily it's the biggest show at the moment. On and Netflix. um oh those magnets. Damn <laughs> <laughs> magnets. Damn Winona. Um, so yeah. So that's Stranger up. Things. That's Stranger Things. Very good. Um any other T V tidbits? We just wrapped up season two of Future Man. We did. Let's now, chat about that a bit. Yeah, I know we reviewed season one last week, but now we're up to season two. So we're now up to date. Uh season two, not as good as number one. What do you think? 
Yeah, not as good, but again, it, it's hard to when when a show has a good first season, which honestly happens so rarely. Uh, if there's a good first season, it's very hard to follow up with a second season that's just as good because the, the you're already invested in the world. So you can't outdo that initial lightning in a bottle thing that a good first season can do. So it's never going to be as good. Um, they didn't really jump around a whole lot time-wise, yeah. which was a shame. It was very like... Um, Sort of more Mad Maxi dystopia, yeah. yeah. Which was okay, but I'm just a bit bored of that personally, so I would have liked to see a bit more jumping around. Again, that was a slow start for me for season two, but by the time we got maybe halfway or to the last third, it got pretty interesting and exciting. It had some awesome stuff. And whenever yeah. they did, it involved time travel. And I'm like, well, you should have been time traveling the whole well, thing. It that should is be very true. That was where all the gold came from in mm. season one, because they were going to different eras and stuff. But um, yeah. they sort of wound back on that a bit. Still a lot of high concept sci-fi. I think but, yeah. based on how they, they ended the last episode... Um, I think there's that for season three, there will be a lot more time travel again. Hopefully. Is my guess. Well, there better be. Uh, <laughs> but but that's my assumption based on how they sort of chose to, to end that. And it will be getting a third season. So Sweet. so I would still say watch it. Um, yeah, it's still. Go, go watch season one and decide. Well, yeah. Because that was so good. Yeah, season one's easily the best. Uh, but season two was not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so after the break. Do you want to go into video games? You don't have a choice. I'm just sort of uh, well, you know, creating some banter. Video games it is. <laughs> After the break. Welcome back. Welcome um, back. As I mentioned, I finished Days Gone. I reviewed it last week. Uh, my opinion doesn't change. <laughs> we played a lot cool of the, the uh, end game stuff where you fight hordes and you need to be pretty well equipped and you got to fight like 400 zombies at once and that's many yeah it, it took a while to get to this facet of the game early on whenever you see a horde you just ran from it because they'd kill you sure and this was all the stuff we saw on the tech demos and the early uh... trailers and stuff so everyone had been hanging to kill some hordes so i was pretty excited to get to this part of the game um you have to go all over the world and kill lots of them but most of them are just out in the open. I remember the clip that everyone sees where the guy running through a lumber mill and mm. zombies are chasing him and he's shooting things. There's only one like that, and there was yeah. one level, so... Oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, so you've seen the best bit in the clip, and that's what it was, and I couldn't... It's not as smooth as it looked in that clip. You kind of mm. have to really try to use the environment to slow down the hordes. And it wasn't until the very last, so I have to knock off like 30 hordes or something, and it wasn't until I got to the last one when I realized the bodies of zombies stay like as an object in the world, so the next zombie will trip over it. So I've just been killing zombies left and right, and then the last one I just happened to get a really good corridor and just mow them down, and all the zombies got stuck in this (laughs) pile-up of zombies, and the ones at the back are trying to get through, and there's just bodies everywhere, and it was like, cool, I'm like, oh, that worked really well, and that was literally the last horde where I figured that out, and I'm like, "Uh." (laughs) Um, so I platinumed that, unlocked a super secret ending to indicate a... Sequel, I guess. It's the thing to do. I don't know. Um, pretty good. Would you play a sequel if it came out? Yes. Oh, you would? Okay. The the bones are there. There's a lot of quality stuff. They can thicken it up, definitely. I found um, it. I mean, I only watched it, but I found it to be a little so-so. Like, I, I wouldn't be invested in a 
I had a lot of fun at the end, mm. but um, well, as long as you had a good time. Yeah, there's you, there's obvious, very obvious and good directions you can go in. Mm. Yeah, so for, like a bit more on base building, a bit more on um, a bit more fluid zombie mechanics, a bit more yeah. of a dynamic world, and you're good to go. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, if you got a PlayStation, add it on your list. <laughs> when it gets cheaper, maybe. <laughs> um, but. We're not here to talk about that. What uh, what did you play this weekend? Well, look, I've played a couple of things, but before we get into that, um, I did remember something I did want to talk about. Okay. That new Borderlands trailer that came out uh-huh. this yeah. week, which was adorable. I was so excited. I, of course, nearly cried at it. Maybe I did cry a little. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I don't mind confessing. Um, so run the, us through it, please. <laughs> so on the weekend, Borderlands sent everyone an invitation to a mm-hmm. looked like a wedding invitation, and everyone thought. God, I love them. <laughs> everyone thought they were going to do something with um, Springs and Athena or something. Who um, oh. at the end of Tales were thinking about settling down and getting married. I don't know. Depending on how you played the game. Depending on how you played the game, <laughs> um, it's been conf- confirmed that Athena is in the game, so she'll be around. But anyway, so this trailer they did a riff on uh, the classic super smash brothers trailers <laughs> now i had to dig this one out and show em this but my childhood yeah, I, I did not remember this at all so in 1999 when super smash brothers the original came out they did a trailer of um, a bunch of guys in the giant yoshi mario bowser suit and they're skipping through to the turtles, so happy together, you know. Mm. Dun, dun, and there's dun, all big daisies in the field yeah. as well. And then it looks all weird, but chill. And then they start punching each other. Mm. And it was an ad <laughs> for Smash in 1999. And uh, they did a new ad, probably would have been this year, for the newest Smash, where they did the exact same thing, but, you know, digital, with um, all the characters fighting yeah. each other and the turtles, so happy together. <laughs> and so Borderlands have taken this idea... <laughs> And, they've and got, Borderlands did it. And Borderlands did it. And so they had um, your four Vault Hunters, uh, <laughs> Flack, Mosey, Zane, and who am I forgetting? Samara? Samsung. Yes. The Siren? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, standing back to back shooting things as they show in every trailer. But this one, they're playing the song. <laughs> and Zane starts dancing, and then he starts dancing with Samara, and then it just turns into a big musical. There's Mushy, roses loving. everywhere. It's beautiful. Yeah, there's lots of roses <laughs> and um, psychedelic sort of transitions and stuff. And it was just... It was glorious. I have never been as hyped. <laughs> I've never seen so much hype for a game as I've seen as for Borderlands 3. Their marketing team needs to be given all of the awards for sure. And I've mentioned this often, but they've done it in such a cool way. It's not just releasing videos that are cool that doesn't have anything to do with the game. Mm. They had free DLC. They've... Pr- basically been giving out the, the Borderlands 1 and 2 for free everywhere. It was mm. Game of the Month on Sony. Super cheap, yeah. Um, they've released high-def texture packs just so the people playing it now can see it in super high-def. Um, but just this free DLC, which we've gone on and on about, it was just such mm. a good guy, you know, uh, 2K idea. It was just, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. This hype is crazy. So it's, what, two months away? <laughs> Yeah, and so the trailer this week was quite funny, um, if you're into that sort of thing. Yes, which you should be, so go watch it. Um, does it have a particular name, that um, trailer? 
uh, something mayhem. No, I think they're all called that. You're invited to mayhem or something. Whatever. Just mm. go to Borderlands Three trailer for the see the newest one. Yeah, you can't miss it. And, and then if you um, want to look up the original ones for comparison, punch in. Um, what'd you put in? Nine nine nine. So type in Nintendo sixty four. So happy together, Smash Brothers. You'll find the you know a VHS <laughs> recorded version in um four three ratio on YouTube and just spectacular. A, just this ad I remembered from my childhood. <laughs> 1999 little did they know how big smash brothers would become it was crazy so uh yeah so catch that uh very exciting stuff super hilarious video um so that aside as much as i could talk about borderlands forever i started playing two games this week so um i started playing pocket camp um now pocket camp is to my understanding like a mobile phone version of um, Animal Crossing on Nintendo, or is it, it's at least got the same characters. I haven't played Animal Crossing, so I don't know. Um, but the game opens with Isabel teaching you how to set up your camp and get friends to come and hang out at your camp. Um, now, I've played it for a little while. Uh, I haven't picked it up in the last couple of days, so I've got to get my cookies on. I've got to get back and find my cookies. Um, what, what are cookies for? Um, you eat them. And good, yeah, and you, you have get, my attention. You get like a mystery item with it, so um, I got a mop, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Now, I haven't looked at this, but it's a mobile game, and that there's timers and a currency, and there's timers, but it's it's like I haven't found it to be pressury at all. The only thing is, like, if for whatever reason you're desperate to get some furniture made really quickly, you can buy um, whatever the money is that I forget, right? So it, um, it's, a, it's a phone. Yeah, like it's what you'd expect. Um, but I have no problem waiting an hour and a half or two hours for something to be built. I just go, yeah, cool. And then uh, I... this time, but the next time it'll be four hours and then three weeks. <laughs> yeah, but that's I have a very low attention span. So then I just put the game down and then forget about it forever. Like yeah. whatever game I was playing last where that happened. And I was like, nah, I'm not waiting for this. Um, pretty fun so far. Like it's very cute. Keeps you busy. Um, I spent way too long fishing because you can go fishing, you can um, shake down trees for fruit, and you give all these to people and then entice them to come and hang out at your camp. And, like, I was building it very slowly, and I'm like, yeah, this is kind of fun. And um, my dear friend Allie, Miss Allie Hart, was like, come check out my camp. I'm obsessed. And holy shit, her camp be dope. It is, it's, I can't even explain it. Um, she's obviously put a lot of work into hers and what I did like about looking at my shitty beginner camp and uh, comparing it to hers is, um, it really shows just how much different weird stuff is in this game. If you do want to really sink the time in, so it's pretty fun. I'm still trying to figure it out though. Like I sort of went around to all the islands and spoke to everyone and tried to make friends with everyone as much as I could, but then I sort of ran out of stuff to do. So I'm still trying to work out what the next bit of the game is. Um, but that's more of a remark on how shitty I am at games. So, um, if you're playing pocket camp, let me know. What's your favorite part about it? Do you eat the cookies? I like the cookies. Um, so I've been playing that. Now the big game, but very short game in this particular instance that I have been playing is Hatoful Boyfriend. Now let's start from the beginning. What does Hatoful Boyfriend, well, I know what boyfriend means. What does, well, I think I know a boyfriend. You can speculate more on that. Um, <laughs> what does Hatoful mean? So Hatoful is um, is like the Japanese way of saying heartful. So it's like a bit of a pun. 
like how to have a full boyfriend um because it sounds like hateful it does um and i'm like this could be a very sad game it <laughs> is okay <laughs> look my playthrough was a bit of a bummer oh dear <laughs> it's a real downer um now, to give you an idea about the type of game it is, it is a um, Otami game by Unity. Uh, Otami game, if you don't know what that is, it's like a it's a Japanese style of game that's very story and narrative driven, sort of usually directed at women. In saying that, everyone I know um, who really loves any particular uh, Otomi game is usually a dude who's obsessed with it. So <laughs> uh, make that what you will. But it is; it does have a very rich narrative if you do try to aim for the hundred percent playthrough. I'm I'm told. Uh, thanks, Sam. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to having another dig into this, and because you do a playthrough, and you're like, "What about the other boyfriend?" <laughs> <laughs> so what? Tell me what what do you do in the game? What, okay, what well, are you doing? <laughs> uh, before I get to that, I do just want to quickly say how how highly regarded this game is so on steam it's a nine out of ten and ign gave it eight out of ten what yeah um so look to give you a base idea you're going to a pigeon college as a person so are you a person you're not a pigeon as well no you're not a you're not a pigeon you're a person going to um the best pigeon college for pigeons by pigeons um but but pigeons are intelligent beings now thus needing a college so you have this um, this friend, Kyota, Kyota, I'm not great with pronunciations. Um, so that's sort of like your first buddy. And uh, it does take a little while to kind of get going to get to a choice, um, which was a bit frustrating at first because I'm like, do I ever get to choose anything? Is this only a story? Do I get to pick my ending? What's going on? Um, so it took me a while to pick, you know, I think who I wanted to sit with or what elective I wanted to take or something. And the electives you take, you know, either give you wisdom points or charisma points and stuff like that. Sounds um, like um, Persona. That's a bit like that. Yeah, but this is only a story. So it's all just um, story driven. And, yeah. And there's like a, a posh guy who's a pigeon. Um, and <laughs> they're, like a, they're all pigeons, aren't they? They're all pigeons at the college, but different kinds of pigeons. Right. And then um, outside of the college... Because there's a whole world out there, T. There's a whole... Oh, different pigeons. No, no, different birds. Right. And so, you know, like, you do the normal things. You go to school, you make friends, you run track with a pigeon who's smashing cake. You get a summer job at a cafe run by a budgie. What do you mean by smashing cake? Is that euphemism for drugs? No, he just yells at cake and stomps on it a lot. No, it's pudding, I think. He stomps on pudding. It's weird, man. Like... All right. Yeah. Well, Go on. I don't have any more information for you. <laughs> Just yeah, I still have questions. Yeah. Um, and I took a job in the library and sort of tried to hang out with this person who I think was getting picked on. But they didn't really want to talk to me very much. So I was like, all right, well, fuck you. So, um, yeah. You just, you need to reach out. Pigeons need friendship. To... Look, I tried. Well, I got myself in trouble one night and this um, other bird rocked up on a scooter and saved me and she was a badass. Um I accidentally got two long-lost lovers to reunite and forget their history and get married. Look, it's a wild ride of a game. So is it kind of like choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing? Kind of, yeah. And I I think, I mean, I've only done the one playthrough, but I'm pretty sure it sort of ends with you sort of getting one of the boyfriends. Um, And that's his story. But mine was a real bummer, because... Spoilsies. 
Um, he was like, my mum's sick, now my mum's dead. I'm probably also going to die early. And then they die early. And you're like, okay, cool. Was this in like an epilogue or? It all happened very quickly. <laughs> because it's like, oh, we're together now. And then it's like funeral or or a uh, gravestone or some shit. And I'm like, it's got dark, man. <laughs> Whoa. So, yeah, look, uh, anything can happen <laughs> in that type of boyfriend. Uh, I do recommend it because it's fucking weird. <laughs> I was. I never thought I'd be so moved by a weird interspecies relationship. I, I did see the first like minute <laughs> as I was walking through the room, and it was just going through chat and introducing people, and you didn't have like any agency for like no, the took whole a, time I took was a there. While to get started, so I was like, you, Come yeah, on. you never got to make any decisions, and I was like, well, and that's this the is, downside. This is just a story, yeah. yeah. But, um, but you do get there eventually, so um, so I'm not going to go through and pick different choices now. Not going to take the summer job this time. Okay. Did that already. Solved that plot. Um, so I don't know what I'll do now. Maybe I won't work in the library this time, but I want to get to know that guy more. I feel like they're just, <sighs> there's something about him, you know. I really want to get inside that heart of his. Unlock it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> get good bird. <laughs> How to have a boyfriend. <laughs> boyfriend. Is um, the female target audience, is it the, you're attracted to the melodrama or finding the right boyfriend? I are, guess Are you so. resonating with those beats? Is that what it is? Well, I hope it's that and I don't have a weird pigeon thing. <laughs> yeah, I hope that too. <laughs> but look, the fun doesn't stop there, T. Would you like some seed? D- Did you know <laughs> there is a sequel to How to have a boyfriend? With like ducks? <laughs> No, no, no. Oh, no, it's the same characters. It's called Hatterful Boyfriend Holiday Star. <laughs> Which is so a it, holiday special so for it's your like, favorite characters. It's like the 90s and the school trip to go skiing in Aspen or something. It's like Saved by the Bell goes to yes. Whistler or something. And that one opens with like a crime of someone's trying to steal all the Christmas trees. <laughs> It's a, it looks amazing, and I'm honestly so excited to Sounds play Sounds like the, the Power Rangers Christmas special. <laughs> Look, nothing will ever be that amazing. Um, but yeah, I do recommend it just for the sheer fucking weirdness of this story and how you get oddly moved by um, pigeons. And look, I don't know what's up with the teacher, because you, know, you have a teacher. Oh, the other thing too is I nearly didn't pass my exams, but I did. So, you know, no worries. Solved that problem. I went to the library and studied more how you get through that. <laughs> That's, um, yeah, like a persona, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, crazy, crazy game. Do play it. Give it a go. Okay. That's, uh, that's my review. Was it, uh, it was a cheap one on, um, Sony, wasn't it? It was cheap. It normally comes up very cheap on either Steam or, um, PlayStation. And your playthrough is about an hour, an hour, two hours? Uh, I think mine only went for an hour or an hour and a half, um, but you can play it, like, up to four hours. Like, it gets pretty deep in the narrative, I'm told. And I can see the capacity for it because, you know, there's, like, the weird library kid. There's something up with the teacher. I don't know if he's homeless or something, but <laughs> there's something going on there. And there's, there's just a few things where you're like, I must know more about this story. But then you get sucked down another path and you're like, but I want to know more about this. So, um, yeah, get on it. <laughs> All right. Pigeon party. Let's go. <laughs> what, what's a, 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 your version of that? What game would you make? It would be with like with puppies or what would you do? Dog best friends. Dog best friends. That, that's Nintendogs. That exists. No, that just makes me sad because I, I, I got Nintendogs when I wasn't allowed to have a dog. And it was the closest I could get to a real life pet and it was really sad. 
And now you have dogs. I do. Happy story. Who has stopped snoring. Thank yep. God. <laughs> yes. Very, very good. What would you make if you were to make a Hatoful boyfriend? <laughs> so, all right. So you play it like a straight drama. Mm-hmm. But all the people are like, no, nah, this exists. This is just Bojack Horseman. <laughs> <laughs> or Adventure Time. with it. Like, yeah. I feel like you could make a version Mongoose. of... Mongoose. Uh, well, that'd be weird. Yeah, sure. Meerkat Manor. That exists. That's um, also true. You know, like Aristocrats, but more like a chooser and adventure Aristocrats game. You know, Aristocats, the yeah, Disney. Yeah. yeah. Everybody wants to be a cat. Everybody wants to be a yeah. cat. You could like... We are signing this, if you please. Meow. I don't think you can sing that one anymore. <laughs> Was that racist? Yeah, I think so. The Siamese cat thing. Oh, yeah, because it was all the... Oh, no. Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they're, they're not most well-known for their... Subtlety. <laughs> we will not be reviewing Song of the South on this. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Side note, just mm-hmm. on this top exact topic, we watched um, the new Aziz Ansari oh, stand-up yeah. special yesterday. And we really liked his stand-up special a few years ago. Mm. And he spent half the show talking about what he did three years ago and how half that stuff he can't do now. And he spends a lot of time talking about how... Not so much that... No, this is what I liked about it. It wasn't that he can't do it, it's that he won't do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he talked about how he ended the show last time with um, R. Kelly (laughs) remix to Ignition. And it was like, oh man, and now everyone's like, you know, obviously R. Kelly's just been arrested for awful, awful things. And his are like... Man, three years ago, I was just ending my show. Like, yeah, man, R. Kelly. <laughs> like, that's me. Um, that's on... You scroll up on your menu and there's me going, yeah, R. Kelly. It was really I was, funny. I um, very intrigued by this special because I haven't really heard much from him since that whole kind of scandal where he was sex-pesting that girl that he was on a date with. Um, so it was kind of really cool and really raw to see him address it immediately. And to just make a whole special about the culture that we're living in now. And it was interesting because it was both funny but also so real and honest. Um, And I loved it. It was a really, really good special and hilarious. Like, man, did I laugh a lot. Yeah, you did. You were crying. Oh, I was. It was really, really, really good. Because his um, last special, he spends a lot of time on um, social media and dating etiquette, which was, you know, a real shame given the scandal. And then... So this time is all about the evolution of what's right and what's not right and stuff. And he reflects a lot on being, you know, a Indian American, like, entertainer mm. and stuff. And th- those threads are coming up a lot now because I'm a big um, Kamal Nanjiani fan. And mm. I've been listening to some interviews with him and he talks about the same thing. How, you know, all the extra stuff you have to overcome and yeah. stuff, you know, everyone's all about... Um, diversity and representation of like African Americans and like, Oh, what about Indian Americans? Mm. What about us? Like, and anyway, it was really good special. If you like his style of comedy. Yeah. But even if, um, yeah, no, but it's, but even then it's a very fresh take for him. Like it was very honest and it was very humbling. Um, and it was good to see him like genuinely really grow as a person from all the shit that's happened recently. And to really reflect on um, how you do need to change with the times and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was great. It had it all. It had um, it had the hilarious comedy. It also had the really heartfelt stuff like um, Hannah Gadsby's Nanette had. Like, 
Great stuff. Didn't Do go as hard it. as Nanette. Went. Well, no, but that was a different. <laughs> that's a different thing. But I'm saying in terms of like it's this new kind of comedy where you can be funny, but you're also addressing some like real shit going on. You know. Yeah, you laugh on the day and you think about it the next day. Yeah. You, know, you can tell jokes or you can. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been reflecting a lot because I, I listen to Dax Shepard's podcast and he always talks about what's next for comedy. And I don't know what's next for comedy in terms of film, but I think what's next for comedy in terms of stand-up is this. Um, that, like, um, Aziza's special and Hannah Gadsby's special, and it's moving into this really, like, funny but woke culture stuff. That's great. Like, uh, he, like did, he did spend most of the set picking on work people, though. <laughs> only white work people, which is admittedly hilarious. So, um, oh, man, that was funny. Good stuff. Just watch the special, man. So good. So, so good. Um, so what have we got coming up in the next week, anyway? Bring this baby home. We're still at movies. Well, yeah, but aren't we, like... Oh, wait, do we have another movie besides Spider-Man? Well, we've got a few short ones. Yeah. All right. Oh, I don't have any more TV, uh, video games, I should say. Are you oh, done okay. with video games? Yeah, I'm done with video games. So let's hop across to movies. All right. After the break, movies. So I knocked out a few movies before we get to our big movie. Um, I watched Vice this week, starring Christian Bale as um, Dick Cheney. That was a eye-opening movie. That was a tough watch. I fell asleep. You didn't like it? Uh, it's too political. I was like, oh yeah, politics. So, um, Cheney was the vice president to the George Bush presidency mm-hmm. and just follows his story. And it was, the thing was what he did to become quite powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Bush is in the movie. Oh, one actor, Rockwell was playing him and George Bush was uh, not quite smart, which is well known. And Dick Cheney is the VP, which is generally considered an honorary position did a bunch of stuff to sort of take control and basically do a lot of unethical things. Um, the war in Iraq and all awful stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a thrilling watch. If you liked the big short and that style of movie, you would like this movie and it was really fascinating. And, uh, you know, American politics, everyone sort of popcorn and watching American politics all the time. True. And there's another movie talking about someone who really dicked around with the system. A while ago, um, Christian Bale got a Golden Globe for his portrayal of Dick Cheney, and well earned. Like mm-hmm. you think so? Yeah, yeah. Got that intensity while also being you know a fat old white guy. <laughs> it was <laughs> good stuff. So quite liked Vice. Well worth it. Um, if you're sensitive politically, it probably pushes more left than right. So factor that in if that's gonna bother you in some way but, but as they mentioned at the end that they're just stating facts that, yeah. that happened it gets a bit meta towards the end yeah. and um yeah um what was the other movie we watched whiplash whiplash i've been meaning to watch this for years this was a 2014 movie mm. and i've had it on my list since 2014 wow um whiplash about a young man played by miles teller goes to an advanced sort of music school mm. and he wants to get on the big jazz band team mm-hmm. who's the teacher i guess music teacher what do you call it yeah i mean i guess yeah. i don't know <laughs> played by jk simmons is mm-hmm. a psychopath 
Yeah. And this guy is a drummer and wants to make it big. The student's a drummer. The student's a drummer. And wants to make it big. And despite the teacher being bananas. um, Downright emotionally abusive, I would say. Well, yeah. And sometimes physically. Didn't he throw stuff? He threw stuff. He's slapping people. He's Ah. like dropping F-bombs and like like the slur F-bomb and being really horrible. Mm. And um, he won an Oscar for this role. Rightly so. Rightly so. It would be exhausting being that angry. (laughs) Like the last role... I saw him in was the freaking dad in I Love You Man, <laughs> where he's all about being, you know, super tolerant of Andy Samberg, who's his gay son mm. and stuff. And it was... So think of the antithesis of that, <laughs> and that's who he plays in this movie. So, and the the one thing I think, thinking about the whole movie, so the, the kid's a young kid, he's drumming, really good at it, but this guy's pushing him really hard and... He's crazy, and he just wants his approval. He just wants his approval. And I'm like, well, to get J.K. Simmons' approval, you have to bring him photos of Spider-Man. <laughs> um, and that's all I can think of for like a quarter of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants photos of Spider-Man, man. <laughs> to get them. But um, the the final season, uh, end of the movie, which ends like a concert, that was as exciting as a Rocky movie ending to me. I yeah, was, was enthralled. That was, that was crazy. Yeah. How tense. So tense. And Very good tension all throughout that movie, actually. Yeah. So, big picture, though. Like, the whole movie is this guy's trying to get this guy's approval, and maybe he does, but that's not the message. Like, this guy was really abusive and horrible yeah, and well, stuff. Yeah, it had like... a really terrible message of, all you need is someone to just emotionally abuse the shit out of you to be good enough to be... The best. Yeah, and the I'm guy... Like, oh, I don't think this is a good message for kids, man. <laughs> and they talk to the teacher and he's like, oh, man, I was going to, uh, you know, you got to push someone so hard, so hard and get the best out of them. That's how you find the best. Yeah. And then in the end of the movie, he was proven right. Like, yeah, you push them until they go crazy and then maybe they'll be good at drumming. I don't know. Like the kid's bleeding everywhere <laughs> and Jesus, it was scary to watch sometimes. Um, I'm very intrigued as to, like, does that actor actually drum? Like, how do you act drumming? <laughs> like, that that seems hard unless you can actually do it. It's a good question. No, yeah. It was... I don't know if they doubled him or something. Like, he was camera in his face the whole time. That's what I mean. Maybe he had a drum stunt double. We should look into that. Yeah. So, so this was um, Miles Teller, who... Infamous for the... Fantastic Four reboot. That was the worst thing of all time. Mm. He was also in War Dogs. And he was in um, Detergent. Oh, right. Or Divergent. <laughs> Ascendant. Or whatever those... You know, that movie series that will never finish. One of those. But he's been around. But mm. he's... um, Not that he's up and coming. He's already here. But he's playing, like, a lot of teen movies. Yeah. Kind of thing. I think he's going to be the next big thing. He was also in War Dogs, which I haven't seen. But I want to see. Him and Jonah Hill. Oh, I saw that movie. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah, I've seen that. Any good? It's been a while, but I think it was pretty good. Oh, all right. I watched that Ain't no uh, Lord of War, which is my favorite of those particular sorts of That's movies. the Nick Cage one? Mm, yeah. Great film. I remember that being okay. It's one of my favorites. Hmm. But Whiplash, highly recommend. Yeah. I, I enjoyed this movie. Look, it's not a light watch <laughs> by it, any means. It, it's not heavy, though. It's not uncomfortable. I found it to be a little uncomfortable. Really? Okay. But I don't like being yelled at, so... Okay. Just... <laughs> if you're sensitive to people yelling, you might be a bit flighty. <laughs> not my not my tone. Not my tempo. <laughs> Sorry. He's, um, 
you got the Oscar just for the hand signals alone. <laughs> he, like, conducts the jazz band, and if he's not happy, he, like, the hands. Oh, it's good stuff. <laughs> All right. Um, but our main attraction, Spider-Man Far From Home. So, dear Ba-ba-ba. listeners, make your decision now. We can't talk about this movie without talking about Endgame spoilers. We also are probably going to talk about Spider-Man spoilers just because we can at this point. So if you haven't seen Endgame and or Spider-Man, I will wish you adieu. Yes, I do recommend switching off this podcast. And Yeah, and if you want to talk shop about Spider-Man, stick around. So spoilers beginning in 10 seconds or after the break. You made me put a break in for that. Can you put in a 10 second break? Well, I'll just put in our normal break music. Break music. I, I know so little about the production of this podcast. I'm slowly piecing it together from Matt Gawley, <laughs> who works for Earwolf and does the Conan podcasts. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Conan obviously is like me, doesn't know what's going on. So he talks like. We need to start doing fake ads for advertising. That'd be funny. Fake ads. Yeah. Anyway, Spider-Man Far From Home. Far From Home. I feel so nude because, you know, we can talk about spoilers. (laughs) Feels naughty. Because we we try to go spoiler light because, you know, no one watches shit as fast as we do, but you can't. You should have more hobbies. There was trailers for this movie that had Holland at the start of the trailer going, if you haven't seen Endgame, you can't watch this trailer. Yeah. Because... That's when you know you're like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna so be hard to talk about. It's too hard to talk about. So, all right. So let's... Where to begin? Let's dive in. Um, Start at the beginning, I guess. So this is the second Spider-Man movie in the Sony-Disney merger. Also the third, fourth, fifth, three, four, five. Seventh Spider-Man movie of the modern era. Mm-hmm. You did say third since the merger, didn't you? Second. Well, it's the third if you include Spider Verse. That's I don't I don't count that. That's just an animated side thing. Okay. That's a Sony. Mm-hmm. All right. Kind of tying them together, actually. Don't you remember when they were talking about multiverse? Well, they said the word multiverse. Anyway, (laughs) this is too deep to begin with. (laughs) Spider-Man's back. Now, the elephant in the room. And the thing I was most excited about is this is the first movie post-Endgame and thus post-Snap Recovery. Indeed. It is the year 2023, 2024. I forget. They mentioned it. I don't know. Um, And we're in the future. Now, Endgame. Half the population killed by the snap. Mm-hmm. And one of the strangest decisions to me was that they decided... I mean, they had time travel. The movie was about time travel. I thought, cool, you stop it from happening. Everything's back to normal. It Life is goes on. It's easy. Sure. And they decided not to do that. Time stayed going. It's five years later. Mm. And they brought everyone back. But at that time... So half the population is now five years older and a large percentage so of the trippy. and a large percentage of the population were on planes and are now dead because they just appeared in the sky five years later and fell to their death. Well I never thought about that. I mean Really? Th- well think about where these people would have been. So you're on a plane, snap happens, either the pilot snaps and everyone dies anyway, or the pilot's fine, half the people snap. But he is lands it, the plane. Is it location based or is it 
play space because maybe they just appear back in that plane. No, so the opening mm. of Far From Home, they call it the blip when they mm. recant and they show a basketball game and then the marching band reappears. That's right, yeah. So the place, what you were doing at and that, at that place is where you unblip, where you unsnap. So they were on the courts doing marching band and they run into everyone playing basketball. So all those people in planes, dead. Well, that thing fucked people me up. On, <laughs> people on boats, dead. It's like my worst nightmare. Disappearing for five years and then appearing in the ocean and dying. Yeah. This and, is why I can never get on a boat, T. And there's just so many problems with this. So your loved one gets snapped, you stay back. You mope about it for a while. You Maybe you bond with some other people who've lost their partners and then they hook up and then mm. the person comes back and like, oh, man, no. I'm back. And then it's like, ah, I've been seeing someone else for three years after I thought I mourned you were dead for two years. Like, there is so many problems in this world. Yeah. I do like that they address that, though. Like, they had those weird, um, you like, blip groups, support groups. In Endgame, yeah. Yeah. Oh, was that an Endgame, was it? That was an Endgame. Steve was... um, That's right. Cat America was at it. And everyone made a big deal because there was a guy talking about missing his partner who was another guy. And it was like, ooh, that's a gay character in the MCU. And the... MCU people like oh don't make that a thing that was just the way it was and Mm. like let's not let's not overthink this (laughs) um so firstly the snap is now terrifying yeah secondly my god the implication is that no one did shit for five years so when we're kicking around in endgame everyone's gone it was very empty and obviously at some point life would have gone on I think that it still did, but it's very hard to recover from losing 50% of people everywhere. But five years. It would probably take, honestly, I think if if half the population disappeared, it would probably take 15 years to recover from that. Right. Because everyone's got to do twice the load of whatever they're doing. Uh, People have to then also take time off to be upskilled on whatever. Everything's got to be rejiggered. I think it would take a really long time for people to recover from that, society-wise. And so... In terms of the implications for this movie, um, mm. they say, all right, we will restart the school year wherever you were pre-blip, which means there's half the class are 16, half the class are 21-year-olds that is a little confusing. who have just been sitting around for five years. And they bring in a character who's a good-looking man who's, I guess, 21 now? Like... I think, but is that actually what it was, or was he just tall? That was my understanding, that the 21-year-olds just came back to class. I don't know, like, I feel like that's not quite right. Maybe we've got to read more about I that. I've to look into this, because I, I can't find evidence to the contrary. So, Peter Parker has a rival for the affections of his lady friend, MJ, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, he didn't get snapped, so he's all gone through puberty and all good-looking now. And I'm like... Why is this 21-year-old macking on a 16-year-old? <laughs> Just because there was a blip doesn't make that not weird. I know. Yeah. You're a girl. Oh, God, here we go. You're, yeah. you're 16. It's the 10th grade. And all of a sudden, half the boys in your class are now 21 mm-hmm. and have life skills because they've lived in a dystopia for a little while. Mm-hmm. Are you dating Peter Parker or the 21-year-old? As a 16-year-old... Fuck yeah, I'd be going after that 21-year-old. But that doesn't make it okay because I would be 16. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I would think it would be great. 
But obviously it would be quite disturbing if a 21-year-old was going out with a 16-year-old. Right. But that's that's the... That's the problem on the 21-year-old's part. The 16-year-old's a victim in that particular situation. Well, yes. So, you know. But it's... Uh, so, and if they didn't do that, that means half the class is made up of fifth graders when they got blipped. Mm. And everyone comes up, you know, I've been around for five years, but then, ah, oh, dog attacked me. <laughs> <laughs> dog, go away. Um, so... I don't understand this world we live in in Spider-Man. It's five years later and the blip has made everyone crazy. It's it's. I feel bizarre. like we need to read more about this. Yeah. They did play some of this to great comedy, though. So Martin Starr is back reprising his role as the teacher. Mm-hmm. And he was talking and he's like, yeah, oh, my wife pretended to be snapped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and was just like, and just left me. <laughs> Oh, it's so sad. That was so sad. But the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> she pretended to be snapped. Like, oh, I'm a ghost. <laughs> like, run out of the room. I'm not here. Ugh, so funny. Um, right, Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> so this is the setting. We The movie's opened with um, a memorial to absent Avengers. And the big one, which is relevant for this movie, is at the end of Endgame. If you haven't seen Endgame, we warned you. Tony Stark perishes. He does. Very sad. Is um, Peter Parker's mentor mm. and father figure. Because, you know, Peter Parker never has father figures stick around for long. And this is now the third one he's lost. <laughs> yeah. So this is the drive, the emotional drive for Peter in this movie. Um, which we will unpack shortly. Uh, our villain, Mysterio. Mm. Now, in the comics... Mysterio was an actor, a failed actor, mm-hmm. who happened to be a special effects whiz. So he worked special effects, ah, and, but wanted to, wanted to go acting, but could not. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what did he do? He was mad at Spider-Man, framed Spider-Man for a museum robbery, and Mysterio's... I think he was one of the Sinister Six. Sinister Six? Whoa, say that three times fast. Sinister Six, Sinister Six, Sinister Six. Ah, fuck. Yeah, hey, whoa. You're about to make me look silly. Ah, almost. And, um, yeah, is a villain to Spider-Man. Um, a little bit different in this movie. Mm-hmm. They did something very interesting where they had a collective of jaded ex-Stark Industries staff. Mm, and, yeah. this, and this was the guy who built the hologram, hologram? The virtual reality hologram machine we see at the start of Age of Ultron. Which was funny, because I always thought that part of Ultron was a bit weird. Mm. How they had this hologram thing. I don't know if you remember that. Not really. No. So they had <laughs> that movie starts of Tony Stark in a hologram suite, and he's talking yeah. to his dead parents, and it was weird, but it, and it didn't really sit with anything. But anyway, all these jaded stuff get together, use the technology they've got, the tr- drones, and they invent Mysterio, and sort of fake attacks and yeah through holograms yeah through holograms and that's sort of the villain in this one um right so the emotional drive of this one spider-man's dealing with the death of tony stark he and the implications of what's his responsibility in this Mm. and he's kind of been viewed as the successor to tony you know he's a tech guy he's that's about it. <laughs> but he is a kid, so I don't know what the deal is. Is he going to go and lead the Avengers? 
I mean, isn't school. Well, this is what we need to be asking ourselves, really. Because this is what he wrestles with the whole movie, because he's like, Tony Stark's protege, but like, bitch, I'm 15, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm all about chasing that tail. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who wouldn't be at 15? Yeah, so Nick Fury's trying to track him down, and he's like, I don't want to. Nah. <laughs> He's just ignoring it, which was quite funny. He's like, la, 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 school holidays. Yeah. Um, and he's more interested in MJ. Now, I completely missed that this was MJ in um, Homecoming because I was focused on Liz, the girl he was going after in Homecoming. Mm. And then, I don't know, did they mention her name was MJ? Yeah. I never picked it up. Yeah, well, you're observant. Yeah. Um, the other thing that was interesting is that he's got a bit of imposter syndrome. Like, Peter Parker is a smart kid, and he's got such a great interest in things. And I think that also ties into that whole, you know, I'm only young, and, you know, I don't tell anyone to do all this stuff. But I think that's also him doubting his skills. And he's always saying, you know, can't you send someone else to do these things? I don't think I could do it. So it's interesting. Hmm. Mm. So this is his sort of drive. He gets given Edith, which is... Tony Stark's glasses, basically, and controls his um, sci-fi tech drone technology, yeah. which I thought this was weird and a lot of... I just want to quickly unpack what Edith stands for, because it was my favorite. <laughs> what did Edith stand for? Even in death, I'm the hero. <laughs> Classic Tony. Tony, you're a dick. <laughs> um, now, I had a few problems with this, because didn't we go through this in Ultron? We're making sort of a defense AI goes poorly well i suppose but this is a bit of a different kind of one i guess because it wasn't really its own entity it was more of a guided system through everything and they sort of gives it to it was passed on to him and it's like i feel like there should have been more instructions like this was yeah, very lightly given to him i don't know tony's way it's take this figure it out you'll know what to do with it i don't know and then we get Hall, who plays Mysterio, um, tricks him into getting Edith to get more power and yeah. adventures continue. Um, one thing they did do well with Mysterio was sort of the surreal sort of illusions he was putting Spider-Man in. And they went, you know, really crazy psychedelic, looks yeah. like Spider-Verse level. Yeah, like visually, because we would joke just before we'd sat down and watched the movie, like, oh, there's no way that this can outdo spider-verse visually but it gave it a really good crack like all the the trippy stuff with the holograms that he was throwing up everywhere um was really amazing mm, mm. um i i would nominate it for an award based yeah. on that just saying like it was it was really great visually stunning so that's some really good scenes with that very and, impressive and it was very cool like they can just cgi a big monster attacking a city but they had to cgi that while having it at times appear that it was being built by drones it was quite complex yeah. CGI wise because the Impressive. villain's power was basically CGI. Yeah, it was madness. <laughs> yeah, it looked good. And they had this my favorite scene was um he has to his like cuz he's lost his confidence, Peter Parker has kind of lost his spidey sense. Mm. And then he sort of gets it back at the right time and he's got to run through all these drones with yeah, just his spider sense and he's got to jump around everything and it was the best scene he uses it to get through the holograms. Yeah, and it was Peter just Tingles. Aren't Peter they? Tingles, <laughs> and that, I really liked that. Um, my favorite scene though was when he's. Uh, you he, just said that was your favorite scene. Well, my other favorite scene <laughs> is when he liaises with um, Happy, and he has to build his own suit. Yeah, and it that was, was sort of a, um, very touching. Yeah, it was a throwback to you know Iron Man 
one with Tony building his first suit and now it's Spider-Man building his suit and then Happy puts on Back in Black. Now, if you recall, <laughs> that's the very first song played at the start of Iron Man when Tony Stark's in the military truck mm. and it just opens with Back in Black. And so that was the passing of the torch. Yeah, that was nice. Cinematically. So I quite liked that. I don't know what this means for the future in terms of his role. Like, I don't think there's an Avengers planned for quite a while, so it won't matter. He'll probably be 20 by the time the next Avengers comes. That's true. Yeah. Um, but overall, big fan. Mm-hmm. I think I liked it more than Homecoming. Okay. Because I love the character development and drive in this one, and it all just had so much heavy weight coming after Endgame. Yeah. I mean, any movie coming after Endgame is going to struggle. Endgame's the best movie I've seen in 10 years. There's always going to be a tall order for something, for sure. And one little delight in Mm -hmm. the post-credits. Yes. A cameo Mm -hmm. from J.J. Jamison, who we've already talked about on this episode. The guy with an Oscar from Whiplash, Mm -hmm. J.K. Simmons, reprises his role as... From the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man yes. movies and as the uh, blogger, podcaster from um, PS4 Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Comes in with his show to say he can reveal the identity of Spider-Man. Because um, the losers of this movie, the bad guys, had some sour grapes. So they they, they outed him pretty mm-hmm. bad. So this is a big deal going forward. I've, I only watch movie Spider-Man's. I know the Peter Parker identity thing is what triggered Civil War in the comics. Ah, Well, was a big part of Civil War. Right. And obviously Civil War went in a completely different direction. Well, yeah. Yeah, so they can do anything with um, Peter Parker's identity being leaked. Mm. Yeah, so. it's going to be interesting to see how that gets unpacked. Um, now, I did like it. I don't know that I liked it as much as Homecoming. So I liked Homecoming more. It's very confusing because they both have home in each of their titles. There's homecoming and far from home. Someone's like, wait, which one am I talking about? I think when it comes out on DVD, I'm going to have to watch them both back to back and then really think about it. Because I I do think I liked homecoming more. But again, is that just because it was new and exciting? I don't know. Um, I will say that while I quite, like I'm a big, I'm a Gyllenhaal. Everybody knows that. Um, So I was very excited. What do you like Gyllenhaal in? Everything. Nightcrawler? That was Nightcrawler. Uh, no, no, he was a bit too sickly <laughs> in that one. He did not look You liked well. him in Nightcrawler. No, I didn't. Um, so, but I'm a big uh, Gyllenhaal fan, probably from Tony Darko days, really, when I think about it. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess that's where it started. Jarhead, not so much. I had no hair. Anyway, I could go on about that for a while. Um, great bad guy. Like, did a really good job of being Mysterio. Um, but in terms of the actual pacing of the movie, it just took so long to get there. It took so long to get to the point where, oh, Mysterio's the bad guy and now we actually have to do this. And I feel like that could have been brought up like 20 or 30 minutes. It, um, uh. it just took too... There was too much faffing to get from the beginning to that point, I felt. I too so- drawn out. I assumed he was the bad guy, but I had no idea. I and did know he so was the bad guy. So he comes across and is like, oh, I'm here to help. And I was like, I'm pretty sure Mysterio is a bad guy. But um, Like there was one or two of those scenes that could have easily been cut. Uh, the What Spider-Man's role is, is he's the everyone's 
and this was part of his journey, everyone's mm. a full-time hero. You're a hero. You're all about being a hero. You never yeah. stop being a hero. You spend all your free time. It's your job being a hero. Whereas he's still in school and doing all sorts. And he's, like, young. And so they had to... Homecoming was like this, too. Like, mm. It was homecoming because it was the homecoming dance when everything goes yeah. bananas. And this one, is off. it's a school field trip. Like, yeah. he's got real shit going on. As in mundane real shit going on. And, um, How do I be late for class? Yeah, and so there's, you know, the really petty stuff with the rivalry with the um, maybe 21-year-old <laughs> to try and win MJ over. And, you know, he's got his buddy and it's all sort of low stakes. And then that was what made it funny that Nick Fury's like, save the world time. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> I've got a date. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see MJ and stuff. So, yeah. I don't know. I didn't but, mind no, the timing. That part was fun. I had no issue with the, the fun school stuff. Like, I really enjoyed that balance. But it was more the Mysterio stuff in particular was too dragged out, which then meant that to getting getting to the actual point of what they had to do for the movie took too long. Yeah. So that was my only gripe with it. It was a bit awkward to have the Mysterio Spider-Man kind of bonding moments, but you had to sort of semi-believe that he would give him the... Oh, for sure. Edith. But it, it was just too dragged out. It just took yeah. too long. But um, but otherwise, very good movie. I do recommend. Yeah. Obviously, you're, if you're into MCU at this point, <laughs> you're going <laughs> to see it. The, it's Spider-Man movies are generally entertaining on their own. It's just this one, you've got to be on top of Endgame. <laughs> it was just yeah. so much significance. And I was most excited about the snap outcome. Because I, I, I'm still baffled that they didn't time travel and undo the snap. Just because yeah. Tony Stark had a daughter now, sort of thing. Like, mm, That's right. I just... Yeah, I don't know. Baffling. <laughs> yeah, we need to read more into the snap and what the fuck actually happened. Because I don't quite understand that school thing. I feel like... Because there's no way that that's lazy writing. I think we've misunderstood something. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's no way that they'd have that big of an oversight. I'm trying to look it up now. It's going to be... It's going to be a whole read. It's going to no, be a whole I'll, read. I'll do the wiki page. No, don't do that. Well, There's no right. time for that. So this wraps this episode. Yes. Um, hit us with our socials while I quickly Google things. Sure. <laughs> um, tell us what your Hattoful boyfriend game would be. Um, are you playing Pocket Camp? Send us your IDs. We can be buddies. I'll come see your camp. It'll be good times. Um, you can send us a tweet at goodpop underscore badpop, or you can find us on the Facebook at facebook.com forward slash goodpopbadpoppodcast. You can also see our very much not updated Instagram, uh, <laughs> Podcast. We will try to be putting some more um, content on there as well. Until next time, uh, thank you so much for sticking with us. And if you've stayed through for Spidey, congrats on your little spoilery cast. Uh, we'll catch you next week. No, I'm not reading all this. I know. <sighs> all right. Thank, thank you. you. Good to see you. I uh, hope you're all well. Goodbye.